0: Cool. Well, welcome to my podcast. Appreciate you taking the time to sit down and have a, a little chat with me tonight. Um, I think we're going to stick mostly with, you know, basically your background and all that good stuff. But if you want to do a small, I, have, I always hate this question in my interviews. I could tell us a little bit more about yourself. But mm-hmm. um, I guess to give the listeners a little bit of a background about you, why don't you just give them like a brief, small little tidbit?
1: So, I'm a food scientist, chemical engineer. Uh, I'm also the owner and founder of Gage Girl Training, which is an online meal planning and coaching service. I've been there for the last 10 years, I actually just celebrated my ninth year of business this year, but I'm in the ninth year. And I'm also the owner and founder of Gage Life Nutrition Supplements. And you know, I, it was when I started making YouTube videos that I really started growing my platform online, becoming an educational resource, helping people with their issues and concerns around loss. There's a lot of noise out there on the internet, on social media. And mm. I feel like, you know, my platform really grew as I just provided foundation of the science behind it, which is a piece that's really lacking. There's some pieces here and there, but like um, really putting it together in a way that people could wrap their head around was you know the basis of you know my life's work. So I've been doing that as like a, a chemical engineer, a scientist, been in biotech, you know before I even got into the health and wellness space. so um you know i've I've been a scientist for a long time, and it's been the foundation of my career and the foundation of my success in the the health and wellness space,
0: yeah, no I, I agree on hundred percent with you about the information part of that, that there's just so much information well it's also a oh, double edged sword so much it's good and bad at the same time but mm-hmm. um with that said there's so much that people don't really know to where to you know find the information they want or find you know or even know how to start like a day one lifestyle change or diet or whatever you want to call it but um it sounds like you kind of you know make that happen with your book though so to speak is that correct
1: um, absolutely. And it's funny. I've actually been writing this book for seven years. Um, I first started writing it in two thousand and fifteen because, like I said, as my YouTube channel started growing in popularity, um so many people were asking me for resources to learn more about macros, calories, how to set those numbers up, how to put meal plans together, How do they know what their macros should be? And honestly, there really just wasn't a good resource at the time. And it took me a very long time to put this book together in a form that was very user friendly, in a form that you know, partnered me with the right publishing house and all that good stuff. But I'm very proud of this project. And I have every confidence that you know the 40,000 people that I've worked with and putting this together is going to help even 10x more than that for once people get their hands on it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I applaud people like you just because I always consider myself an enemy of nutrition, so to speak, just because you know, I guess the, uh, the information's always changing so much and there's always something new, mm-hmm. There's always a new trend. And, mm-hmm. and I think ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I really started getting serious about my nutrition probably in 2017 or whatever. And mm-hmm. it was more just, less mm-hmm. finding out what works for me and actually doing the information myself. And, you know, noticing that, you know, every, obviously, you know, everybody's, Body is different, and uh-huh. not, not just because keto, whole thirty, carnivore is going to work for you doesn't mean it's not going to work for the you know person B. You know, what, does that make sense?
1: No, it makes complete sense, and you know, organizing that in a way that makes sense because the thing is, there are a lot of diets out there that do work, but I think we need to fundamentally understand why different approaches work and how do you filter through which one is most appropriate for you, and that's what my book, Unlock Your Map type is all about it's about identifying your true body type understanding your carb tolerance helping you accelerate fat loss but ultimately helping you figure out the best way to fuel your body so my book it's not about a hey everyone this is what worked for me so please copy it it's a how do we figure out what's right for you
0: when you say identify your body type are you talking about you know ecto meso is it what's the third one endo (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I actually started um, talking about a lot of that on my YouTube channel. And, you know, my most popular video was on body types. It has over 2.3 million views, but I kind of take it from that, that foundation of body types and expand upon it further because the reality is you can't just look at your body and say, this is how somebody should eat. Like you can't. And for a long time, I thought that you could. And the reality is the more data points, the more people I worked with over the years, I realized that there are nuances that truly dictate how you should be eating. And when I say your true body type, I've found that the most important factor that impacts how one should really be feeling their body all boils down to one's unique carb tolerance level. And that's not something that you can gauge just by looking at somebody. So um, in my book, I unpack that concept in more, in more in depth.
0: So so what do you mean by when you say carb tolerance, just about how much your body wants at one point or?
1: No. So um, what I mean by carb tolerance, it's the ability for somebody to effectively utilize carbs as a fuel source. And There's so much noise out there where everybody's thinking that low carb is good, high carb is bad, but that's not the case for everyone. Some people thrive off of higher carbohydrates. Other folks truly need to be on lower carb, and there's a a spectrum when it comes to carb tolerance. On one end of the spectrum, we have folks with very low carb tolerance. We're talking type 2 diabetics. Talking people with insulin resistance, people with hormonal imbalances, people who really do benefit from going lower in carbohydrates. But then on the other end of the spectrum, we have hard gainers. We have people who thrive and actually are able to build more muscle, lose more fat when they're consuming an appropriate amount of carbohydrates. So identifying where you truly lie on that spectrum is something that's really important for people to acknowledge in and of themselves.
0: Is this partly because of, you know, everyone's micro this is kind of touching on a little bit what we talked about a little bit ago, but everyone's microbiome is different and we need to identify what a person's microbiome wants in order to get the best results.
1: Um that's definitely an aspect of carb tolerance. So, you know, gut health is definitely a very big variable that I do address and unpack a little bit in my book, but it's not the only variable. So, gut <laughs> health is a part of it. Um digestive enzymes is a part of it, your sex hormones is a part of it, um, your thyroid hormones is a part of it. And I tie all of those together in a conclusive way and take people through quizzes to really help people pinpoint where they're at on that carb tolerance spectrum. And then once you identify that, I help people figure out their macro type or the best way to fuel your body. Some people do best being fat fueled, some people do best being protein fueled, and other folks do best being primarily carb fueled.
0: Yeah, I, 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 you know, um, do you know, I can't even think of the name, I can't even talk. Renaissance periodization. That's the yes. one I've worked with. Yeah. And, and they basically broke down when I worked with them. This was back in 2017, 2018, like when I told you I was getting serious about mine. But mm-hmm. uh, I did a fat loss regimen with them and they broke it down as far as what you said macros, you know, proteins, carbs, mm-hmm. fats. And you weighed out, you know, like, here's your proteins. These are some examples of what you should be eating. Here's your carbs. And I found that, you know, I, to lean out, obviously, that, and actually feel good during, I'm a CrossFitter. So during my workouts, mm. even in my competitions, I felt, you know, ready to go. I felt like I still had energy. I just wasn't completely drained. So it was higher protein for me. That's what seems like what my body wants.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I took that knowledge with me still today. Am I as strict as I used to be? No, but mm-hmm. I know exactly kind of what, you know, I don't weigh my food anymore and stuff, but I kind of just go over quality and versus quantity and just basically, like, mm, okay, am I? how did I eat or how did I feel after eating this meal? Or how did I eat maybe... You know, or how did I feel increasing my carbs this much or whatever? So, but yeah, obviously it was protein for me that my body's what it liked. So,
1: yeah. And I'm, I'm a protein fueled macro type as well. And yeah. a lot of folks who kind of come from more of like that bodybuilder approach to nutrition, the bodybuilding, the fitness competitors. I I used to um, do tons of fitness competitions back in the day. Mm. And, you know, that was a very effective approach for me, but it was really interesting because, as my clientele expanded, and I wasn't just coaching, you know, 20 women in their 20s and early 30s. And as my client base grew, I found that like, that high protein, low fat, moderate carb approach, it just doesn't work for everybody. And once I started getting clients, like and truly seeing, you know, working with them one on one, their body rejecting that approach, I was like, okay, why is that happening? And I needed to identify why I needed to find other Other methods that made that made logical sense, and as I began to unpack that, it was um, very eye opening for me as a scientist and researcher because now I have all these data points. I was like, wow, like we really have to consider that there are other variables outside of just you know just being a caloric deficit, just eat more protein, which kind of happens with that like whole bro science
0: <laughs>
1: you know yeah.
0: no exactly i mean you know in college i was a complete idiot and you know it was always just like oh yeah you need to you know eat this much chicken and broccoli mm-hmm. in order brown rice in order to become a bodybuilder And if you want mm-hmm. if you want to look like this and that was you know of course that say when i graduated it was oh nine when i got my bachelor's and there's not a lot of there's not as much information then I guess as there is now obviously with the internet and podcasts and books and so well I guess books was back then but yeah I was just going off what people were telling telling me and I you know I didn't know if they're telling me the truth or not I was like oh I guess you look pretty good with your shirt off I guess I'll listen to what you said but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's actually working then but you know but do you ever find that you know with that said like as far as all the information and stuff it's almost information overload for people and that there's also that a lot of you know a lot of not a a lot of in-depth research done it's like you you said being a food scientist on certain Mm -hmm. there's a lot of biased research i guess is what i'm trying to say
1: i couldn't agree more and especially with the growth of social media and the last decade Mm -hmm. i mean the means in which people get their information is just based off of like algorithms and popularity and there's folks who are extremely popular but that doesn't mean like they're qualified but way, shape or form and it's actually quite um it's it's very shocking how much bad information gets like pushed out there and you know people people don't know what they don't know and like people trust these influencers with like just this blind faith and you know people just care about what they see they don't really think about well okay that person looks like that but does that mean that's appropriate for me? How does this person know? And and unfortunately there's there's just way too much of that going on out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm an addict to social media probably just as much as anybody else, but I agree <laughs> that you know, you go down through there and you see you know, and I'm not, I don't want to knock anybody. If you're making money off Instagram oh, and, you're happy, sure. yeah, and you're doing and you're loving it, that's great. Fine. Cool. But yeah, you go down through there and you see people just obviously showing off their ass and stuff. And it's like, oh, you look mm-hmm. like me by doing this. And mm-hmm. mm, OK, I, that's mm-hmm. cool and all, but I don't think it really works. It's, it's not that easy, you know, and um,
1: exactly. Yeah. And, and and that's where it gets misleading. It gets very misleading. And there's just so many impressionable folks out there, sure. you know, just handing their money over, like just hand over fist. And, you know, you really need to make sure that the people know what they're talking about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking it. Like you're kind of very similar mm-hmm. to me that you kind of grew up and you kind of always, you know, you said you did, you know, some fitness competitions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You always kind of obviously had a, a knack for this, but there's a lot of people who never grew up, Not knowing anything about fitness, nutrition, anything, which that's fine. But again, that's just where, you know, they finally say, hey, on my 30th birthday, I'm going to try to be able to, you know, drop 10 pounds or whatever over the year. Mm -hmm. And then they Mm -hmm. reach out for the first thing they get. And then they start wondering, "Okay, first week maybe lost two pounds second week, hmm, maybe not so much third week. All right. This is not working anymore. And so, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, then they found, you know, it was like, well, this diet didn't work. I'll just go back to whatever I did. And it was like, well, look what you did. You may, you, maybe you found something on Facebook Instagram, maybe you didn't quite do your homework, which that's not a knock. You just did somebody just didn't know. And, okay. and yeah. And it's just when, is that kind of what the clients you work with, or more, just like, hey, I'm finally want to get the right information. I want to get an expert. I want somebody who yeah. can actually show me the way, rather than just say, go out and shake your ass, and you'll have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, <laughs> that's definitely not what my brand is about. And Good. by the time people find me, like I have close to a thousand YouTube videos out there now. Thanks. Been on, I've been on there for. a decade. And by the time somebody finds me, they've really done their research. I have folks who've been following me for two, three, four, five, six years before they ever invested in anything. So I have like this ongoing like relationship and like dialogue with my followers. And the reality is, you know, the decision to decide to do something about your health, about your nutrition, about the way you eat, it's a very big especially if you're you're taking it seriously. And, you know, people really need to be in the right headspace, they really need to collect their information. And you know what, like, I may not be like the the right person for everybody, you know, everyone like, responds different to different personalities. But what I am doing is providing them credible information, that they can take that information and apply it as they wish, because that's definitely one thing educate and empower people. So they have the knowledge to do it because knowledge truly is power. And once Mm. you know how to apply it, that's where the magic happens. And that, that's, that was what was so instrumental in my journey because I used to be one of these people. I thought I ate clean. I used to be a marathon runner and I used to be so mad that like, no matter how many miles I ran that, like, I still didn't have abs. I'm like, I'm doing like, 12 hours of cardio a week. Like what, what, what am I doing wrong here? And it wasn't until I realized I'm eating too many calories. Number one, it's very offensive if you really stop and like, look at how much food you're actually eating. If you're not used to counting your calories. And number two, I'm not getting enough protein. I was eating just way too much carbs. But once I dialed those two factors in, like my, when my body just started changing before my eyes, I'm like, that's what those fit girls do. That's what <laughs> Jamie Easton. Do. I'm like, this is it. Cause like, I just thought it was never going to happen for me. I thought that like, Oh, it was, it was me, but my method was wrong. And once I realized that I needed to do the correct things, that it wasn't just the, uh, oh, you tried and it didn't work. It was like, I was doing it wrong. And how many other people are doing this stuff wrong too? And I just, I had to share it. And I, I shared my journey with my fitness competitions and I just kept getting questions and I just kept answering them. And, you know, it was, it's just history ever since.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's a great little journey. You just gave us right there. And I, you know, you talked about knowledge and I've, I firmly believe in like, you know, knowledge and have this self-discipline and just changing your mindsets, everything. And just, you know, kind of just talk, saying what I did a little bit ago, but you know, when people don't seem to get the results, everyone wants shortcuts, obviously and if they don't of get, the, yeah. And if they don't get the results, you know, and I guess that's what well, I guess that's what Uber and Netflix and Amazon <laughs> all told us you get instantly anything you want. But you know, I've noticed and seen you know with people with you know when I'm doing my you know down at the gym training and coaching that other people who ask me what I do, you know, and I give them kind of a regimen and said, well, this mm-hmm. works for me. You can try this. It doesn't mean it won't work. But anyway, but like I, my point is that they lose a couple pounds again, then lose more, you know, a couple more pounds next week, but then they don't. They start losing or not losing anything. And then they go in this negative downward spiral and get in this negative comfort zone and just well didn't work i'll just go back to my old habits and continue eating you know complex carbs and sugars and just forget about it and just no you got to have you got to change your mindset you gotta just because somebody's day 275 is not your day one it's going to look completely different you know and just you got to be patient you got to wait you got to do the right things outside the gym you know, seven hours of sleep good recovery you know if you mess up okay that's fine get back Mm -hmm. on it the next day it's okay to mess up we're all human beings we're not perfect
1: absolutely i say that to my clients all the time like reset early reset often and you you just can't bring that stuff with you i couldn't agree with you more um i'm I'm like nodding my head because like we're definitely in sync with the same messaging it's just you know i think something has to snap within a person where they just hit this point where they're like you know what like i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired sick and tired of starting over again i'm sick and tired of feeling like crap i'm sick and tired of just settling you know settling when like if you see somebody with like a certain physique that truly inspires you the reality is will you look exactly like that person probably not but you can look like the best version of you and so many people don't even know what their potential is because they just keep quitting they just keep quitting and they just keep quitting but like something inside you needs to snap where you're like no no Like I am going to find out, no, I am going to believe in myself and no, actually I can do this. You are going to push past your doubts. You are going to push past your fears because the reality is you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by doing it. And when I see a client like really just internalize that and grasp that and digest that logic into every cell of their body, not only does their body change, like their entire life changes. I've seen like it, it catapults careers it it just empowers people in a way like nothing else can and i'm sure you've experienced that in and of yourself once you accomplish a fitness goal or a physique goal it's like it it it, i I can't even describe it because it's you feel like you can do anything because you can you absolutely can
0: yeah and it's a a whole new energy it's a whole new mm -hmm. energy and like a whole new you know a whole new lifestyle that you know, your eyes finally open up to, and you're just, you're like, you never knew that you like, you just said that you could feel the feel this great and feel this way. And mm-hmm. then obviously when you feel good, you're going to, you know, th- and you look good, you're going to feel good. And you know, you walk around with your shoulders up, And you're walking around mm-hmm. right a little bit. And yeah. And I agree hundred percent that, you know, not everybody's going to look just like, I don't know, no. whoever the top fitness model is right now, but a lot yeah. of it's like, you don't know what's going on on the outside, you know, like, you know, are they actually, or, you know, what kind of, you know, a lot of it's genes probably. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of it, what are they, or what are they doing? Are they actually, are they actually happy? Are they actually sacrificing too much? Are they actually, you know, you know, in a, you know, is their body actually really healthy being as weight looking like it is? I mean, cause you know, a lot of that's just not su- sustainable. You know, some of these people that they're doing, it's just like, well, just because, you know, they look like this today doesn't mean that, you know, I guess my point is that they're healthy. So you shouldn't just get ultimately in a discomfort zone just because you're not looking like that right now and go down that downward
1: Exactly. Exactly. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that like the beauty of, you know, challenging yourself and working on yourself is that you know, we're all a work in progress. And I always encourage my people, my clients and anyone who follows me, like sometimes you really need to keep your eyes on your own plate. And this is where it can get dangerous because with all these like full day of eating videos out there and all these concepts of that, you can just, copy what somebody else eats, and you're going to look like them. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Like you can take that into consideration, you can just get an idea and see what works for somebody. But if you truly want to figure out what's going to work for you, and you really are clueless, I mean, you can't afford to not invest in, you know, working with a nutritionist or working with somebody who's actually experienced in this, because this is the thing that gets me and I don't know how you feel if you feel this way. If you if my car breaks down and I need something, I'm going to go to a mechanic, right? Sure. If I need like something electrical in my house, I'm going to hire an electrician. But like, sure. why is it when people look at their body, something's not working right? They're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to Google that. Like, you know, <laughs> like the reality is like, there are professionals out here who do this for a living. Like, and who are you to think that you can, I mean, do your research. Don't get me wrong. But like, I think sometimes people just get like thinking they can figure it out themselves. And like, you're really just wasting your own time. And there is so much value in, you know, working with a professional.
0: Yeah. Not only wasting time, but, you know, just, even money, just because, you know, you go listen to your, you know, like, you know, if you go back to BroScience or just whoever mm-hmm. on Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. you're wasting money, you're wasting the investment yes. of what you put in just to say, well, they, you know, they told me to buy all this, this and this, these supplements, you know, mm-hmm. buy this and, you know, it didn't work for me. And, and again, just like you said, all right, this baby, it's time to go seek out a professional. And there's plenty of them out there. If you just, like you said, just do your research and go mm-hmm. do do a Google search for professionals or, you know, find a good, a decent book that's published by, you know, a person with a good background as far as, you know, nutrition, mm-hmm. fitness and all this stuff goes, especially with like your academic background. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I heard some people, you know, they tell me they go to their, see their doctor every once in a while. And, and I don't know if this is true and you might have more insight on this, but when they ask their doctor about nutrition, or something, and their doctor obviously. I'm, not, no, I'm generally speaking, gives them some kind of sure. advice or whatever. But I think medical doctors only have to do eight hours. Eight hours of nutrition in medical school uh, Could be wrong. Like On
1: order, yeah, it's like on order of twenty hours. And unfortunately, I have to agree with you. I do think that medical doctors are very ill-equipped to guide people with regards to proper nutrition. You got to remember, like medical doctors are out there to provide medicine as mm-hmm. a solution. And, you know, I was thinking about that. I used to get really like angry. I used to get really upset. I used to get very frustrated thinking about how, like, well, why don't they try to help them from the core? Why don't they try to like teach them to eat better? But, you know, in talking to to some doctors, and again, I'm a realist, like my my training is obviously in engineering. These doctors tell me, they're like, look, 90% of these people aren't going to stick to it. Like, so most of these people need something in the form of a pill. And I know that's, that's really sad to say, very sad. but but like, if you look at like the majority of the people out there, I'm not talking like the people who listen to podcasts and listen to YouTube videos, but most people, you know, just aren't going to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, exactly. I, I, I do understand that logic to a very big extent, but the, the problem is like on a core level with just like the government and like the way, like the whole, um, structure is set up it's just like the the pharma industry the medicine like it's not designed to make us feel any better it's designed to sell drugs it's designed to make money it's designed to keep you sick and you know I feel like people have to really like want to get out of the matrix so to speak and no, stop right. drinking that kool-aid because you know if you're in the matrix like you're gonna keep doing those types of things and you can get out of it but like it's, mm-hmm. a, very, it's a very big shift for for the masses.
0: Yeah. No, you know, I agree with what you, exactly what you said. What is the saying that the money's in the treatment, not the cure?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Exactly. And just, you know, obviously if you go see a doctor and he's got, you know, a gut and he's smoking cigarettes and stuff, I'm probably not going mm-hmm. to take, you know, a lot of nutrition and fitness advice from it. It's like, well, I mean, if you're going to give me this advice, bro, I can go seek somebody else out. And, and but it, I guess, you know, I, I, let's switch gears, gears here. Cause we might be just
1: <laughs> <laughs> we might be just fair enough.
0: Yeah, like beating a dead horse at this point, as yeah. far as that. But ultimately, like you know, if you're unhappy, in my point of view, if you're unhappy with your your weight, your metabolism, how you feel, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, go seek out you know somebody who's professional. But
1: sure. I, wanna,
0: I wanted to ask you that a couple things about you know fasting and how do you feel about mm-hmm. that? Because I've been personally trying to. I haven't incorporated a lot. I've done it maybe. I do it one day a week. And Mm -hmm. for eight hours. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and see what actually you thought of, you know, the benefits and if it's actually worth doing or not. So, yeah.
1: So intermittent fasting, I think is, is great for several reasons. I think it's fantastic at breaking plateaus. It's fantastic for insulin management. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic for folks who, you know, need boundaries it's not for everybody there are also some cons to it um it can be a little bit more challenging for some women because you know women are you know designed to support a growing fetus that's where our bodies are built and for some women they're more sensitive to hunger signals so that can be more challenging for some and obviously it's a person by person basis but i i do believe in intermittent fasting but i do believe it needs there needs to be context to it it can't just be like eat in an eight hour window or don't eat for a day and then eat a ton another day. Like you really still need to be mindful of calories. You still, you still need to have those, that context and boundaries, but it's fantastic way to minimize insulin spikes. with the principle being concentrating your feeding window to be smaller, where you're going to only eat in a shorter time period, as opposed to over a 24 hour period where you may be eating longer because every time you eat, you have an insulin spike. And Every time you have an insulin spike, that insulin is released from the pancreas. The problem is when the pancreas is busy releasing insulin, the pancreas is not able to release glucagon, which is the fast storing hormone. So, by concentrating those insulin spikes like an accordion over a shorter time frame, you're giving your body more residence time for glucagon to do its job. So. The the science, the principles are very sound, but there are limits to it. And I do think it's a very simple way for people to see improvements without having to drop their calories. Anytime I can see a client is starting to hit a plateau, but I know they're not quite ready to like do a calorie reduction yet. And if I can get them prolonged progress for another week or two or three without cutting their caloric intake, I'm absolutely gonna do everything I can to keep that person like metabolically. Like satisfied and filled as opposed to just cutting calories arbitrarily when it's not necessary. The goal is always to keep somebody fueled with as much possible calories as possible and only taking them away when it's absolutely necessary.
0: Is it one of the common myths? You know, they think that, or when I say most people think that they have to eat under what, 1200 calories in order to lose weight?
1: Yeah, that's definitely a myth. I mean, reality is if you start under fueling your body, you're going to start eating away at muscle mass. You're going to start compromising your metabolism. And even though you might be losing weight on like the, the top level, the composition of that weight may not be what you really want. And this is what I warn my clients about all the time, because if you do these quick f- fixes, yes, you lost weight, but what about your body fat to muscle mass ratio? Because what people really want, it's not, they really don't want to lose weight per se, they want to lose fat.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you're not going to look the way you really think you're going to look by just weighing a certain number on the scale. You're going to look the way you want by hitting a certain body fat percentage. So it's a very big recalibration, especially for women to hear that like, you know, you could be weighing 20, 30, even 40 pounds more than what you thought was your goal weight and look fantastic if it's more muscle and less fat.
0: Sure, yeah, I think it's part of the...
2: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes, seriously. our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. What if I told you that you can support your blood pressure and healthy CoQ10 levels with two chews a day? The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. That's like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 supports your cardiovascular health. Visit RadioBeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply on bundles and save 15% with the promo code DEAL.
0: Bad narratives, as long as in diet culture, I guess that fat is Mm -hmm. the enemy, but it's not always that way. And that, I don't know, you know, I've read, you know, a couple of studies where, Sugar is actually, you know, they found evidence that sugar companies actually paid these, I don't know, companies or whatever just to say that or make up these studies where fat like saturated fats were the uh the enemy and making people unhealthy or whatever and it wasn't sugar or whatever. And, you know, it's I don't know, it's just really bad in that in this industry that, you know, these companies manipulate people thinking that, you know, certain obviously like, oh, you have fats the enemy, don't eat anything with fat or whatever. Or and obviously yeah. you know, sugar seems to be the getting struck down in modern times now, but there for a while, it was just like, you know, eat sugar, do whatever you want to. And, you know, it's also that these, you know, food companies are also manipulating the brain by, you know, sweet versus salty. And, you know, and, you know, telling your brain, you know, I was watching a, um, you know, one of those food eating contests or whatever, and it's got Mm -hmm. an eight pound Sunday, you know, and he got, I think it was eight pounds. I could be wrong. It was, it was so ridiculous. Nobody should be eating it, but um the point is that he got to a certain point where he cannot eat anymore, but he switched over and just grabbed a few french fries. And uh, instantaneously, he was ready to start eating it again, more of that ice cream. And I was like, man, this, these research people and scientists have figured out how to manipulate the brain to figure out, oh, I want my, you know, I guess, or it be the evolution of the mind. I don't know, but figure out, oh, my brain wants this now instead of, you know, I don't know, a whole vegetable or something, if you want to say. But it's wild. It's wild to
1: Yeah. Me. The, the reality is nowhere in nature does high fat, high sugar food exist. Like there are foods that are high in fat, like right? Like an avocado, like olives, like olive oil. Right. But like you never find that combination of high fat, high carb together in nature. And that's, that's a man-made thing. Well, if you think about like ice cream, these cookies, these treats, these, like that's not natural. That's, that's man-made. And Because of that, you know, if you really were eating like real whole food and like, you know, if you were eating something like fruit or you were eating something like just, you know, just natural foods, like you're not going to have the same response. And I think that like with, you know, the industrial revolution and just the modernization of like farming and like the more in depth we got with the science of food and the more food has become engineered over the over the years and centuries, you have to ask yourself yourself. Is that actually a good thing per se, you know, because I think that the advancements in science, like I'll give you a perfect example, like artificial sweeteners. Now, the scientist in me, the engineer in me is going to tell you guys that like, I think artificial sweeteners are brilliant. If you look at it from the scientific mechanism that like you can eat something that tastes exactly like sugar, but has zero calories like that. That's like from a scientific perspective, that that's phenomenal right sure. that that's sure. remarkable that you can experience that but at the same time you got to ask yourself like well is this safe is that like you know what I'm saying because you, you look at something like sucralose right it's um it's the artificial sweetener in Splenda and the basis of so many sodas and things that we know you know and that's not really the reason why it works is when your body eats that it tastes it has it's a sucrose molecule but it has chlorine atoms bound to it so the reason why your body doesn't absorb that sugar into the bloodstream is because your body identifies it as a poison and it sees that chlorine that carbon chlorine bond your body automatically excretes it through the small intestine because your body's like ah this is poison we're not going to eat that <laughs> So it's like again the scientist in me is like wow that's a very brilliant mechanism and that works quote unquote but it's like you know is that is that good though
0: yeah no i agree i mean from an evolutionary standpoint that you know, our body, I, in my opinion, I mean, a lot of people would probably disagree, but in my opinion, our bodies were not hand, made to handle stuff like that. And so when wow. we, yeah, when we, when we, I mean, I do it too. I'm <laughs> going to go out and get some random stuff that I probably shouldn't be eating, but it's not, you know, maybe one day a week, if that, but mm-hmm. I can tell a difference that my body's like, what the hell did you put in here, man? And like, mm-hmm. you know, wait, you get up and you know, like, you kind of like, I got an ache in my shoulder then. And you know, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's weird, man. My body did not like that at all, but um, I think a lot of people just don't, you know, they, they don't register that. And, you know, one thing that helped me was that, you know, if I wrote down, like I was writing down uh, a food journal for a week, mm-hmm. this was on RP and I was like, okay, what did I eat before this week? And then how am I eating differently? And I would just write down little notes like, Oh, felt good this day. No, nah, I didn't feel really good this day. But a, a lot of people just keep going on and just, mm, this is the way I feel no big deal. And they don't mm-hmm. understand what's going on inside it. But yeah, I mean, Yeah. From a scientific standpoint, like you also said, it's just, yeah, it's one of the, I guess one of our great creations that, you know, we gave mankind obviously, but um, it's also not.
1: I think one thing that people have a problem with is that they think the idea of eating healthier as like losing control and like, you're going to be missing out on something when the reality is the lack of boundaries with regards to what you eat is complete chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's a really big mindset shift to acknowledge that like, you know, I'm not telling people to, you know, stay within a certain calorie limit or stay under certain limits because I'm trying to like withhold fun and joy and all these types of things. Like that's not the, that's not the goal is to withhold joy. The goal is to make it so that way your body can function and feel good and your liver is not overloaded and your body isn't like lacking enzymes to break down all this garbage and nonsense that you just Put into it, like there's a reason for it, and just like out on on a road on a highway, like there's stoplights, there's speed limits, there's yield signs, like there's lanes that exist because without that, mass transportation would be chaos. It's the same thing with your body; it would be complete chaos if you didn't put any limits whatsoever, and if it just became a free for all. And you can just look at the average American and see that that is true. Like it, it is true, and you know, sugar is and food overall is is widely abused for it's, in a drug like manner
0: yeah no i'm, I'm currently reading uh it's, it's called sacred cow and i think it's by rob wolf and diana rogers and mm-hmm. that, their the, their point or one of their points was that yeah we're living in times where um we could die from too much food and you know not too little food and agree yeah and it's just so wild to me and i you know i got this kind of working theory in my head that you know with you know we don't have to go down news and politics obviously but sure. Um, but uh, you know these food shortages keep coming up now, right? And mm-hmm. well, maybe we could use a food shortage. You know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, and that, that's probably bad to say, but no, it's not bad to say. Yeah, it's well, truth. yeah, but but uh, you know, you know, kind of bouncing around everything and circling around, we we've, we've been talking about that. You know, if people cannot just go to the store and obviously you know go out and go down through the center aisles and get their, I don't know, whatever. Cheerios or Fruit Loops or whatever people eat nowadays that, you know, Oh, well, and maybe I have to go outside and actually get some real food now and like learn the differences and, and you know, like, just educate themselves. I mean, that's one thing that's helped me. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not an aficionado by for nutrition by any means, but I just know what works for me and I just keep sticking with it. And, but yeah, so I don't know if it's a good theory or a bad theory, but I think that there could see some benefits from it that, and, and with that said that I read in a statistic, the other day, or I actually heard it on a podcast, I think, heard it on a podcast that, you know, the average average male weighs 190 pounds right now. That's 20 some years old or whatever. And mm. the average female is 170 pounds. And then they compared it to the Civil War era where the average male was 140 pounds. A male was 140 pounds. And I forgot what the female was, but it's like, man, you know, that was mm. roughly, you know, a little over 100 years ago. But, man, we've the average person is that big now. And. Yeah. They compare that to all, you know, obviously all the increases in food and the, you know, the junk food crisis, or not a crisis, but the junk food surplus, I guess you could say, and just how it's just, and we've made it the standard American diet. So easy to feed a family of four to go run through McDonald's and pay, I don't know, 10, $15 to feed a family of four compared to actually going out and, you know, getting some lean meat and whatever else you want to eat with the vegetables or whatever. So.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that um, when I start working with people, the one thing that's really crazy that I acknowledge is that people need to relearn food. It sounds so silly because people have this very black and white all-or-nothing concept with regards to healthy eating. I think some people are prepared mentally for sacrifice to get where they want to be, but they don't realize that it's not necessarily just about eating less, it's about eating correctly. And when you truly are fueling your body properly, I'm sure when you were doing like your your meal plan, like your high-protein plan, it's a lot of food. I don't know about you, but It it is a good amount of food that you need to be consuming. And, you know, people just are not getting enough of the appropriate nutrients. You're getting too much of some, not enough of the others. And that's why, you know, taking a macros-based approach to nutrition is very eye-opening because macros is what makes up the caloric content of food. You still need calories, you still need to eat, but it's just that distribution of calories. What types of calories are you consuming? Because once you start dialing that in and shifting it, like you're gonna feel better, you're gonna be full and satisfied and you're not gonna be missing anything. You're not missing out.
0: Yeah. Well, no, along with that, I mean, if you're eating the correct macros, I mean, obviously you're going to get, you know, probably the, the micros that micronutrients, Mm -hmm. I'm saying that you need as well. And no, you won't hopefully not have any deficiencies with that, but I mean, yeah, you're probably not getting the same value as compared to, you know, eating a box of donuts is for dinner or whatever, obviously. But I mean, I I wanted to ask you though, do you, you know, do you have your client supplement, you know, with multivitamins, creatine, uh, protein or anything, or is that just, you know, base or situation depending.
1: So I I do have a supplement company, but as the owner of a supplement company and I'm a food scientist, so um, I used to um, own a dietary supplement manufacturing company where I would private label for brands all over the world and I've created thousands of products for other people. The thing is, I'm going to be the first person to tell you, you don't need supplements supplements are a convenient economical way to get certain nutrients that are challenging to get in terms of real whole food so for some folks like you know do you need a protein supplement no but do you really want to be eating that much egg whites and that much chicken <laughs> like it's up to you it, it's up to you and like Thank honestly you. it it does get a little bit more convenient and economical and when i create supplements i create supplements specifically that for things to supplement the diet, like literally, like meaning it's hard to get that amount of nutrients from real food in a very practical, meaningful way. So for instance, I have a fiber supplement, like the amount of spinach and seeds and flax and stuff you would need to eat is just, it's impractical. So I I think supplements can be very beneficial when used properly. And, but like I said, do you need supplements? No. Are they a convenient economical way to hit your nutrient needs? Yes, so I'm fine with whatever people want to do, and that's a choice that I, I leave to my client. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't push supplements on people. I'll, I'll like I said, I'm the first to let people know you don't need them.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I used to think that you know, obviously back in college and the road days and stuff that mm-hmm. you know I had to have you know pre workout and you know mm-hmm. I had to have you know casein protein and. Uh, I don't know what else I was on back then. Some kind of other probably mm-hmm. energy Basically, it was just a, a box of caffeine, but you know, I found that, you know, that working for me that immediately after my workout, you know, Renaissance, uh, would tell me that, Hey, you know, drink a protein shake, but put, um, I think it was like half a bottle of Gatorade or not half a bottle, but some Gatorade mixed in with as well. And, and that's all you really needed. And they said, if you wanted to do casein and creatine that was on you, but you know, I got to mm-hmm. where now, I mean. I just strictly go whey protein, you know, obviously caffeine with, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. my day with my coffee or whatever. And then, Mm -hmm. um, creatine I I go back and forth with, but other than that, that I, I noticed that, yeah, you know, I, I, I analyze how I feel. I feel good during my workouts. I don't feel wrecked. You know, I feel good throughout the day. I have sustained energy. And I was like, I don't need anything else. You know, I do pop a multivitamin here and then we don't have to go down this COVID road either. But when COVID hit or guess it's still here, I don't know. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that, uh, you know, they were—I forgot where I got this from—but they were finding out there were a lot of people who were having trouble with COVID were lacking vitamin D. I think it was, and so mm-hmm. I did—I did up my uh vitamin D for like three thousand IU's, I think. But other than that, mm-hmm. all I was really doing—I was—I get, get the most I feel like from my food sources. So, but you know, I don't eat out a lot. I gotta, you know, I pretty much eat the same thing almost every meal. I mean, I'm—I eat like a boring person, you know, and it's not sexy, it's not cool, <laughs> but. It it works for me. So, I mean, but yeah, you know, I'm not, when I do go out, you know, I'm not afraid to, you know, splurge a little bit or get a burger and fries, but that's very Mm -hmm. rare for me. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, but you know, it's not cool and it's not sexy and I'm not a foodie and people don't Mm -hmm. like to hear that, you know, they're like, how can you do that? And I was like, I don't, food's not a big deal for me. It's just, you know, I I see food as fuel kind of what we've been Mm -hmm. saying. And, you know, yeah. Do I like to go out and eat at cool restaurants? Yeah. But again, you know, you know, if people, you know, ask me my favorite meal ever. It's kind of like, I don't know that it was good, but it was not like it just blew me away. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I really encourage people like there no food is bad. A burger and fries is not bad. It's all yeah. about how it breaks down in the body versus what your body needs. Mm-hmm. And you know, I take a very flexible approach to nutrition with regards to flexible dieting. I track my macros regularly. Do I do it all the time? The answer is no, cuz obviously it becomes kind of second nature after a while, but when I have a specific goal, I track. And I for me personally, eating out is one thing that allows me to feel normal. It allows me to feel like I'm not on a diet per se mm-hmm. and I'm just eating for my goals. I'm not really I don't even like the word diet. And I just think it's important. I I tell people that like, I have no doubt that anybody could lose a lot of weight in a vacuum. Like you look at these people on like the biggest loser, right? You know, they lose a lot of weight, but it's just like, if that means that like, you can't go out to eat. If that means that like, if you have a favorite meal, like I love pasta, there's this one pasta dish I make, I love it. And does that mean I can never eat that again? And the answer is what I've found for myself is I found ways to incorporate it. And I'm happy with my body. And I love my weight. And I love the way I look. And it allows me to feel normal. And I think what people need to understand is that you need to learn how to integrate the foods that you truly love within your new lifestyle. Because like I said, it's it's establishing a new normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that once people have that mindset that It's not going to be all or nothing. It's not going to be the same BS you used to do, but it's not going to be just eating like dry chicken either. And it's a hybrid and you have to take full responsibility on, you know, creating what that's going to look like for yourself. And for some people, they get very overwhelmed and really like, is this good? Is that bad? Is this good? Is this good? And, you know, that's where some folks do need a little bit more support and and guidance to, to navigate that.
0: Yeah. I, I get asked all the time, you know, like we've talked, you know, just uh, like I said earlier, just what are you eating? And then they're well, just tell me what to eat. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know what you like. I mean, just eat whatever mm-hmm. you want to, but just be smart about it. But mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted to ask you just kind of said something about it. Just that is I seem to notice a lot more body image issues mm-hmm. in modern times or society, whatever you want to say, today, I guess, compared to, you know back before social media and you know and I I noticed that or I read something back in 2018 I think the UK banned you know marketing that showed people who was considered to have unobtainable beauty I think wow yeah and I I don't know if that's still going on I mean that was back in 2018 2017 when that was going on mm-hmm. but that was but I think that you know a, a lot of people just cannot really see like they they see these false images obviously the body image issues and you know. do you know who Jordan Peterson is this is my point this is what I'm trying to get at. yes so he was actually talking about working with a client and you may have heard this before but she was suffering from body image issues and that you know he actually sat beside her and was like hey I want you to draw an outline of your leg on this paper and then I'll draw mine and he said his was like 40 or 50% uh, bigger than hers but she could not see it in herself but like she could look at other people and notice like you know differences in their bodies and you know what looked good, what didn't look good compared to them. But she just cannot see it in herself. And I think that, you know, it's just I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's social media, I don't know if it's diet culture, I don't know what it is. But we just see so much of this now, and that's we're not people are just setting themselves up for failure ultimately.
1: Yeah, it, it's that that's oh, that's a whole can of worms. I think we could exactly. talk about that. One yeah, we don't hours. have to go down that whole road, but yeah,
0: I just I wanted to throw yeah. that out there.
1: Yeah, I I do think that it's an issue. I agree that it's an issue. I think that, you know, people really need to be grounded in a true sense of self-love, self-care, and just knowing who they are as a person. And I think that um, social media has made it very challenging for people to, you know, truly identify with that because we're just bombarded with images. And the reality is sex sells and whatever looks good is It it, when I say it sells, and here's why like the way these algorithms work, it's not even like an intentional marketing push. There's a part of our brain that is just wired to gaze a little bit longer, like on something like those types of things do psychologically stop the scroll. And as long as like those psychological factors are going to be true, (laughs) like it's going to be challenging. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, there are you know, like you can't just say, like. Oh, well, we need to stop that messaging. And, you know, I I do think that people need to embrace themselves, but like there's something in us that is wired to perceive certain things as desirable, like it's human nature. And I just, I just think that there is a lot of vulnerable impressionable, um, people out there who may not have the best self-esteem that it can be very damaging. And I think, you know, context matters. And for those who do have that level of influence out there, I think that they really need to take that influence very seriously, being full disclosure with regards to, you know, folks who've had surgeries, folks who who use anabolic steroids, folks who do these little extra things that the average person isn't going to know. I do think that there is a responsibility to be transparent and what you're doing?
0: Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I was just thinking about while you were talking. Like, you know, is that? I hope this is the right word. You know, primal instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about gazing, I mean, you know, obviously, I, I I think it's part of you know what you know. I can't remember where I got this from, but you know, a guy will see a girl, and obviously, if it has a a comparison or measurable hip to waist ratio that yep. they like, yeah. And that's the reason they're like, oh, this is what, like when you said sex sells, this is what, yeah, this is what guys are wanting. And then I don't know what the counterintuitive for that is in females, but yeah, that's the reason like we market it toward this obviously. And, and obviously, you know, and we don't, you know, and porn is a billion dollar industry, obviously. And that's a whole nother, again, soapbox. We don't need to go down at all by any means, but, sure. but yeah, that's, no. just, yeah. But it's just while it's, I guess it's just reproductive nature. I don't know what that is, but it's in our brain that we see something like that. And it's like, that's why we like, Person A compared to person B compared to person C.
1: And it's true though. And I think that, like, you know, there used to be a part of me that used to be like, that's wrong. And we need to have better images and we need to be more inclusive. And trust me, I'm all for inclusivity. I'm all for all kinds of different shapes and all the sizes but the reality is because I remember one day I was struggling with my social media and I'm like why is the algorithm messed up why is nobody on my page and like you know like the nature of my content is very like educational and whatnot and like every now and then I'll post like a, a bikini picture every now and then I'll do those types of things but I just don't do that on the regular and I used to ask myself I'm like do I really need to be posting this type of stuff to be seen and I, and I used to ask myself that question and it's just like the reality is people do hold this they stop the scroll a little bit longer but at the end of the day you need to have an interesting content you need to have value you can't just be like even like people that are going to be effective at delivering messages that stick online you not only need to like know what you're talking about you don't only need to have value you need to be excellent at capturing attention yeah and there's a lot of ways to go about that that could just be having a really good question that could be showing a a really interesting visual and you know the reality is the human physique is is on the top of that list
0: well i'm glad you said that just because you know brand management, brand awareness is something that I've been more looking into too. And that just, you don't have to show off, you know, pictures, no. yeah, pictures of yourself, you know, half naked just to get views or whatever. And if you're doing it, it's really not the, uh, probably not not the, the audience. Yeah. Exactly. it's not the audience that you're wanting to get. It's not the message you're wanting to send out. So, you know, mm-hmm. th- again, that's for all the people who want to go twerking on Instagram, which I mean, mm-hmm. if, that's, if, that, if they're getting paid again, if they're getting paid and they're happy, do it. I don't care. But mm-hmm. yeah, you, you, it's almost like, hey, there's a difference in professionalism, and I don't want to say amateur, but, you know, again, that's just not the message I would want to send out. You know, and I've turned down people on this podcast just because of, you know, their background stuff. i like, nah, I don't think that's the message. I, even though that I'm, that's great, you got a big following, I love it, cool, but that's not the message that I want to send out. And sometimes I go back and reflect on that. It's like, I don't know if that was the best move or not, but something I'm still working with, trial and error, like everyone else. And I do think social media and this whole internet age is still kind of the wild wild west and we're still trying to navigate figure it out at the same time because you know i don't think i mean mean, obviously there is a lot of good things to it just because you know having this conversation you know would not been able to do this years ago obviously and um all the information that we're accessible to and you know if somebody would have been telling me the bro science obviously again back in 1960 or whatever it's like yeah cool that's great that's great that's awesome and you you can't even go check you check their facts to make sure what they're saying is correct and that's the good thing about it now there's probably a lot of liars back then too by the way i just thought of that
1: it's really interesting like with the change in social media what i've this is where i've personally landed and with how much information is out there right now it's become so much more competitive how do you present your brand yada 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 to me i've taken it personally as a challenge to level up my content because you have to break through the noise and that means you need to be creative you need to be smart you need and instead of that being like a man I need to shake my ass or man what do I do it needs to be a you know what What am I going to do that's unique, that rises above the noise, that captures attention and helps people in a meaningful way? And I used to I used to get so like angry about that. I used to be like, man, I used to be able to just make a post. People who followed me would see my post. and (laughs) I didn't have to do all this extra. But you know what, though? It's an opportunity for all of us to level up you know for all of us to level up our content because attention spans are getting shorter and shorter if you really want to break through the noise like you can't be boring like you got to be exactly. interesting
2: exactly. it's
1: it's if you want to be educational but you still have to have like an element of entertainment in there and the folks that master that are going to be the folks that break through the noise in in the next couple of years here and, and anybody who's like thinking that you could just do more of the same like you're gonna die like you're literally your, your brand's gonna die like if you don't level up you're gonna you're, you're gonna die in my opinion
0: Christine I know we're getting a little short on time here and I, uh-huh. I have one more question I wanted to ask you uh-huh. right here while we were talking about sugar and stuff but it you know I forgot uh-huh. my brain changed but so I want to see if, what, what your thoughts are on this that um you know who Floyd Merriweather is Uh huh. so it's been said that or cited whatever you want to say that uh he would drink Coke or eat a Snickers after his boxing workouts and matches just for the sugar. And mm-hmm. so I have a competition this weekend, CrossFit competition. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, just uh, and there's apparently some science to it. There's a, a elite CrossFitter who he said he'd eat so many Snickers after 90-minute workouts or whatever that he needed to, I guess, restore the glycogen back into his muscles or whatever. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that. Was that actually a fact or myth, I guess?
1: Yeah, no, I would definitely say that's a fact. I mean, when your glycogen is, is depleted, Um, these short chains of glucose, they're going to have the fastest glycemic index. You're going to replenish the body fastest. It's very sound science. It makes very logical sense.
0: So it doesn't matter if it's uh, a short workout duration or a 90-minute duration, but...
1: So it's going to depend on how much depletion really occurred. So you got to ask yourself, the, the cells can hold roughly... 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates. And that's assuming like if you didn't eat anything, your cells by themselves, your muscle cells can hold four to 500 grams of carbs up. can be more if you have more muscle mass. Let's just say 500 grams of carbs. So the question you have to ask yourself 500 times four, what's that? 2000. Did you burn more than 2000 calories? Are you completely depleted? So it, it, you're going to have to look at the math a little bit and see uh-huh. how much you actually burned. But the reality is, how much replenishment do you really need to do? Because I think that some people take glycogen replenishment a little too far. Like, look at Gatorade, it's like way over engineered for what the average person needs you know are you really like out here on the field playing entire like football games and burning all these calories or did you just you know do a little workout burned like I don't know 300 400 500 calories do you really need all of that so I think no. you have to look at the context of what you burned
0: that makes perfect sense so obviously if you go out for a brisk walk around the neighborhood you probably don't really need a stickers bar and a coke <laughs> exactly okay but again, makes sense. yeah just
1: it just depends I'd say like for Floyd if he's going round after round after Around, I mean, that dude's got a high metabolism. I'm, I'm sure he is depleted. But, I mean, you can't apply what a professional athlete is doing and apply it to like most people.
0: Correct. No, I agree 100. percent But yeah, you know, I heard that and I was like, well, I knew there was some truth to it, but I knew it was not. You know, some people like, oh, don't eat any sugar, or whatever. I was like, well, yeah. he's an elite uh, athlete. There's got to be some little science to it. He knows yeah. what he's doing. So,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: But. This was great. Um, if you want to go ahead and plug your book and if people want to find you and all that good stuff, uh, feel free to do that.
1: Yeah. So you guys can find my book, unlock your macro type by Christine Heronic H R O N E C it's available everywhere. Books are sold. You can find it on Amazon in audiobook, ebook. You can also find it like Barnes and Noble. Um, like again, everywhere books are sold. Um, you can find me on gagegirltraining.com. training.com. You can also find me on gauge girl training youtube instagram at gauge girl training you can also learn more about my supplements at gauge life Sups on ig as well as gagelife.com. and i now am on tiktok i've dove in i'm doing the things so think, i'm also thing. on tiktok yeah not doing <laughs> the dances I'm, I'm doing my own thing i'm you know still staying true to my brand but i'm i'm learning it so i'm on tiktok as well gauge girl training
0: um, well, thank you again. This was great. Um, appreciate you having a little chat. with yes,
1: you. This was so much fun. I really appreciate talking to you. Uh, you're such a, a wonderful host and thank you so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. Okay. Uh, we're out here people. Good night.